Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, oh, I need to write the time down here. We're no, you go, don't. We're going to go in 45 <laughs> shut seconds. Up. Shut up. Shut up, you Mention that because it's always you that needs to shut up shut before we begin the podcast. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of 20 Minute Tims. I'm your host, Jamie. I'm joined by Melly. Yes. And Stephen. Yeah, you are. Sure are. Listen, patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. If you enjoy what we do and you want extra podcasts, extra videos, extra writing from us, you can check that out at patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. You can support the podcast, keep the lights on, keep the equipment going and get extra content for yourself. Check that out. Right. That is the business out of the way. Um... And now we can get to the real business of talking about Glasgow Celtic. Now, Stephen, you did something very well last week. I want to congratulate you. You said last week okay. something along the lines of, and you might have seen this on YouTube Shorts or TikTok as we do these sorts of things. You said something along the lines of, if these performances continue, we're going to drop points. Not only are we going to drop points, we're going to lose a game. See, when you said that last week, yes. talking about the, the first half performance, did you mean you'd be talking the very next week about <laughs> no, the loss? No, do you know what? When I say things like that, I hope to never be addressing the fact that it came through, never mind after a week. So sadly, we're in the position now where that has been very prescient and it has been a week before, between predicting that we're going to drop further points leading to a defeat and it actually happening. So it's, it's so up and down this season. It really is. We've come across as basically bipolar on this podcast because so it's up and down it's up and down but and we get you, criticised for it ah, but it's, it's not our fault <laughs> no and it, look, we often get comments back about how oh look the team have had an off day that's it but it's there's so many now it's like it's adding up to just if you zoom out and just look at the whole season it's very very poor and yeah we we reserve the right to react to good results because they deserve to be uh at the time we look at a game like Hibs game perfectly happy with that but sadly it comes in the same week as a, a game that is yet another example of using the word unacceptable I think that's what that command game boils down to I think it's if it's if these were one-offs and I did say that just last week I said that see when we lost to St Mirren last season that was so out of the ordinary that we all panicked and thought what what on earth was that that was a complete disaster but as the weeks went on we thought right well fair enough those happen but that's completely different to be able to see a bad result coming a mile off and, and sure enough it arrived it's a very very disappointing I, I nearly said start to the season now, but here we're sitting oh, mid-December and we cannot string results together at all 
uh, remind everyone, and Mel and I joked about it on our At The Match podcast for the Hibs game, we'll finally get an opportunity to win three games in a row this season. We're going to Kilmarnock, <laughs> we've got an opportunity to win three games for the first time this season. And we've passed it up again. No, even no, we didn't even draw. We lost that game. And Aye. to get sorry, they, they keep going on, but to to get to December and no win three games in a row for a club like Celtic, I don't want to come across as entitled. But we should have won far more than that. I, I don't want to get hysterical and start citing things like the COVID season, right? Mm. But this form is very reminiscent of that. Now, I think in the first twenty three games of this season, which we played just now, give or take, we won thirteen games this season. That's almost identical to the COVID season. And I'm not saying that because I think that's where it's going to go. What I'm saying is that we, rightly or wrongly, after that season, said, oh, no, but that, that could never happen again. That was so wild that something like that could never happen again. But it can. It can easily happen again if Celtic continue to manage this weird decline that we're in. So get it fixed and get it fixed now. I'm honestly quite sicky, sicky because... As Stephen says, Celtic are up and down and they're all over the place. And I might have said on this podcast, or I might have said in another podcast that we do, if it wasn't on this one, it was on one of our Patreon things, that as much as I like Brendan Rodgers and a manager, and I think he's a good manager, I think he probably carries the can for that performance against Kilmarnock. And as things start to tot up, you sort of run out of other people to blame. So you can look at the players and go, they're not good enough. You can look at the individual performances of players and criticise them then you start to criticise the player's selection the fact that they're playing in the first place and then at the end of the day there's no one else to blame but the manager I think for the first time this season the focus is probably going to turn on to Brendan but overall as Stephen says taking this season as a whole taking the whole picture of the season we've been we've been crap we've yeah. been you, you don't want to come on a podcast and start moaning about Celtic and all that you always try and look Slightly for the positives and things that you like, because then the day you're a Celtic fan, you go, "This could happen, this could happen, maybe that." But you've tried really hard at that this season. It'd be fair, like before we even start recording, what can we talk about that's Aye. positive? Because I don't want to be negative again. But when we get here, we're like, there's nothing. There's, there's a lot of the time you're just trying to pull things out of thin air, aren't you? We are trying to pull things out of thin air, and you're scanning across the pitch for positives. But I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not prepared to do it. That Celtic are, are, are since Brendan Rodgers came back, right? I think things have not really felt right. No, the no. team have never really kicked into gear. And what I was alluding to earlier about talking about on this podcast, the one we did this under Ronnie Dyler. We watched poor performance. We watched draws. We watched the occasional win. Every time there's an occasional win, we thought, right, this is us kicking into gear. Then we draw the next game. Then we go, oh, no, it's not so great. Then we'd win in two games. And we think, right, this is us kicking into gear. Then we'd drop points again. And we just kept waiting for Ronnie Dyler's Celtic team to kick into gear. We kept waiting and waiting. And it just never happened. And you can say whatever reason you want. You can say it was the the signings he never got right. You can say the board were penny pinching. But at the end of the day, Ronnie Dalla carried the can for that. This notion that it's it's just going to all kick into gear for Brendan Rodgers, I just don't think it's going to happen anymore. No, no, this season. And I see everyone out there saying, "Oh, we need to get to January and sign three or four bits of quality." Heard that before too. Aye, yeah. I've heard it all before. I've heard the nurse it through to January, bring in three first team starters. I, I can't remember last time the Celtic board turned a season around in January. They just they just know that quick to react to things. So I'm I worried about the form. Do I think it's the end of the world? No, I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think we've blown the league or anything like that. But I am tired of making excuses. And if, if you pick over the bones of it, Melly, why why are this team so poor at the moment? What was so poor about that rugby park performance? Well, all season we've been sitting here going on like the transfer window was terrible, the players haven't been replaced and all that. And while that's all true, at some point you go, right, this is where we are. This is where we are. So we have to see something. And I don't think the players are good enough, but they're 
not as bad as they played on Sunday there. That was abysmal. Last week we had the first half, which was unacceptable. This week it was the second half. We were in the lead at halftime against Kilmarnock, came out in the second half. And honestly, there's only one winner when Kilmarnock got the equaliser and it was going to be Kilmarnock. They they were bullying Celtic. Matt O'Reilly's come out and said it since. So I think when watching the game, I'm like, why are we so poor here? For a start, it will all lead back to the transfer window and all that, but I'm tired of talking about that as well. And these players need to be doing better. And also, Brendan Rodgers needs to be getting more from these players. And see if you're not getting it from them. There's other players there. You've got Lagerbielka, you've got Navrotsky who have looked all right. Nat Phillips has never looked all so, right. So this is, this is what I want to get at. So... I, I, I'm trying to avoid the scattergun here as my job as podcast host from us diving all over but the place. It, it is cocked and ready. It to is, go. It's oh, cocked and ready. Yeah. Both of you have got the scatterguns out and I've got mine <laughs> in my back pocket, right? So when you, one of the things that's mystifying me right now are uh, Celtic selections. Um, we've got players here who are patently not good enough, but they continue to start games and you only seem to get dropped for Celtic now when you have an absolute disaster. So Yang plays, 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 has a disaster, stops playing games. You'd there's no way that Brendan Rodgers watches that guy in training every week and thinks, oh, he's brilliant. And then he has one terrible game and then Brendan all of a sudden goes, no, he can't start anymore. Sure. That's really not how football works. If if Brendan had faith in him, he would let him have his one bad game. He wouldn't just drop him out of nowhere. But we all know that he's, he's no good enough and that's why he's not starting games. Nat Phillips, the guy's a donkey. Yep. <laughs> he's an absolute donkey. What Brendan Rodgers yeah. seen in training for that guy... He won't be back playing for Celtic because he's had a disaster. I don't know why you have to have a public disaster before you get dropped. Liam Scales, we've all had our fun, but he's nowhere near, he's uh, nowhere near good enough. We- I'm glad, like, I've said it weeks ago, it's, he's terrible at passing the ball and now he's Which, defending. Who is? Wait, I Liam, picked Scales, on two Liam Scales. Scales, his defending's not good enough anymore. Both goals were down with him and Taylor's side. He doesn't go to the men and... It's done now. This experiment where I think, oh, he's doing all right. He's doing all right for Liam What do you Scales. think Brendan Rodgers has seen in these players to pick them? Because surely Brendan Rodgers is no doing this thing that Strachan used to do, was picking good, right good teammates. Pick players that he are almost to... implied that with Nat Phillips, though, didn't he? He yeah. said that about how he's so great around the club and he's great in training and all that. It makes me think that... He's costing his goals. He's aye, literally throwing them in the net. There is an enormous disconnect now between what must be going on at training and what ends up on the pitch. And mm. who's responsible for that, I've no idea. But Brendan Rodgers keeps talking about that, how you need to prove yourself in training. That's how you get into my team. And then these players who are evidently or apparently, allegedly, proving it in training are going onto the field and making asses of themselves. What's happening in midfield? We've got a midfield berth that's up for grabs, right? We've got Iwata starting games just now, who's done okay. We had Holm, who a couple of weeks ago, Brendan Rodgers said, thinks he's going to be a very good player. All he needs to start games and get some confidence. Obviously, that doesn't count anymore. He's binned. And then we've got Bernardo, who we only use to play, let me check, the best teams we're going to play this season. <laughs> yeah. And he's no... Seen, he's no so Bernardo's Turnbull's good. the top scorer. Turnbull. So Bernardo's not good enough to play against... Livingston, Kilmarnock, Hibs, Hearts, whatever, but he's good enough to play against Lazio and Atletico Madrid and final. It makes no sense at all. So the midfield, Brendan's selections, Brendan, you're confusing the life out maybe this. You're picking players that are patently no good enough and you're chopping and changing everything. As Stephen says, Turnbull in midfield's another one. That he, top goal scorer, we all know he's got his limitations. Brendan picks him, doesn't he pick him? I'm not calling for Turnbull to be picked, by the way. I just no. I just mean how it's confusing adding to the this confusion. has been. Yeah. yeah. See, for the first half, it was all right. It mm. was decent enough. Celtic were in the lead, gave away a couple of chances, but that second half came out and I was like, it was down our side where we were uh, the, behind the stand. Like, what's going on here? All they're doing is getting the ball, playing it forward early, and Celtic are getting bullied. 
Nat Phillips and Liam Scales get absolutely ragdolled by these defenders. If that was Christopher Julian or something that would be branded on oh, him for yeah. these rest of his career that he's no good enough and he, any muscle he goes up against to get so they two get beat, but I need to take it we'll go through I'll probably go through the team here, but <laughs> I said don't do the starter gun <laughs> and I was giving it defence midfielders, Bernardo, sorry. So defence. I, I want to go right to the back. Joe Hart it's horrible watching now because every single corner that's taken in he's all over the place it's pure panic in him every time he gets the ball he's cutting in towards his own goal he's playing passes behind players and when he does get the ball and try to do something different he was chipping it to Greg Taylor that is what the other team wants <laughs> they're forcing us into these mistakes yeah. and we can't play out from the back I think that was the main thing for me on Sunday was we couldn't get out because Liam Scales is terrible at past the ball. Nat Phillips is an absolute disaster on the ball. And Greg Taylor kept shelling these balls inside in a, an area where the ball was getting intercepted. The three of them, along with Joe Hart, cannot pass the ball. And then when we did go chip it into O and hope for something, that is bread and butter for Kilmarnock. But we didn't get MD near him because no. our wingers are terrified of putting in hard work and graft. I thought the midfield did all right. That was the only thing. The problem was we weren't getting it to there, but I'm also going to sort of contradict that a bit. We were playing out from the back and we weren't getting it into midfield, right? So that can be a problem with the defenders passing being poor, but it's also a problem at why are you not available to pass the mm. ball to? So I'm looking at Awata being the deepest one. Why is he not available to pass to? He was decent in the Hibs game, but this game... He was poor and look, Celtic got worse when he went off, to be honest, but we just never looked like getting back in the game. And I'm, I can look at Brendan Rodgers and ask him why he's doing things. But again, I'm look, even if the manager's getting it wrong, which maybe he is right yeah. now, and maybe Celtic aren't doing with doing what they should be or what he's telling them, or maybe his tactics aren't that good. But I'm not going to another game and watching players not give everything. Palmer. Couldn't he be less interested in that game if he were a bit of rain? Yeah. He's only interested in the flash stuff. His goals have masked up a lot of deficiencies in his game. He's not interested in working hard. Mikey Johnson pulled out of tackles at least three times in that game. It's unacceptable. O's up there trying to do his bit to throw himself about, but give him chances and he blazes them over. I can't even make connections with him. I'll, I'll swing it back on you. What's good about this team? There's nothing. Well, there's nothing really oh, good about this team right. just now because compared to last season. I, 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 sorry, to jump in, but I, I need you to answer that because. Well, I, well, I'm going to tell you. So right now, what's good about Celtic is Matt O'Reilly. But what we're missing for last season is there's no Jota on the wing. There's no Jota, right? So there's that mercurial talent. We don't have that anymore. He's gone. We don't have, even have a badder ghost in at the back post finishing things for us. We don't have Dyson Maeda running about mental, closing people down into mistakes. Hatate. We don't have Hatate absolutely balling in midfield. We don't have a solid defence of Carter Vickers and Starfield. I mean, they went how long without conceding and how long without oh, yeah. losing a uh, game? I think every game we've dropped points in the league this season, Carter Vickers hasn't played. Uh, we, we, don't, we, we certainly don't have that anymore. What else am I missing? We, we don't have Aaron Moy coming off the bench, drifting into games, ghosting, pulling the strings. All these things are missing from the Celtic team and I accept that, right? But what I don't accept is what you said is Brendan Rodgers can get more out of these players and Brendan Rodgers' problem is he read the Riot Act, Stephen, last week and it lasted for one half and one full game and then immediately the players have reverted back to type. Yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, at the most we get a, a storm in second half, good performance against Hibs and then 
20 minutes against Kilmarnock. And we all know, as a maxed. manager, publicly coming out and saying I had to read the riot act, that's like break glass in case of emergency yeah, stuff. Yeah. That's a Hail Mary. You can't do that every week. Yeah, it, I mean, I'd... I don't know what's going on. It feels like one of We're those the podcast. Then. Yeah, it feels like one of those situations where there's just something rotten at the core of everything Celtic do just now. And I don't want to be completely dismissive and say that it's all a disaster. The season hasn't been a complete disaster, but it's been poor. I think I don't think we can argue that anymore. And I think if we're still sitting around saying. Uh, it's just one game here. Oh, we've just had an off day. I think we need to wake up here and yeah. start to recognise the patterns. Now, I know I compared it to the COVID season. I don't think it is that just yet, but that's where we have to correct it because that's where it can go if you're not careful. No, none of us went into that season thinking that's how it was going to go and none of us went into this season thinking that's how it's going to go. So we have to correct this now. But it feels like, you know how like Chelsea or Man United, where you look at them and think, well, what is wrong? Because they've yeah. got good managers, they've got up-and-coming managers, they've proven managers, they've got all the money in the world, they've got massively high salaries, budgets, they've got everything in place, they've got good young players, they've brought in a load of players. What is wrong with them? And I think it just feels like the same with Celtic. There just seems to be something rotten from the top down, from the board, board falling out with the fans, to... Maybe, I, I don't know, maybe appointing the wrong manager. I don't know. It seems it's, it kind of feels well, like that to me. Well, I know we, we all said at the time he's the best man for the job. He's the biggest, highest name, uh, highest profile name we could get. But was he the right man for the job? I don't know. But there, we all know that there's more to it than just appointing the manager. Like yeah. you say, getting the, wrong, getting the wrong manager doesn't necessarily mean he's a bad manager. But getting in Brendan Rodgers, who wants to play a particular way and not being prepared to buy the players for him is by definition, you've got the wrong manager. Yeah. But my problem is there is more, there must be more to give from these Celtic players. And the only concession I'll make, Melly, is that there's some absolute crap in that squad who just can't do it. And see on the game, see on the day-to-day, see in the 90 minutes, right? As you say, if you can't pass it for the back, right? If you're simply unable, like Greg Taylor was getting bullied, Liam Scales was getting bullied, and Nat Phillips can't pass the ball. If you eventually do get it up front, or you do get it in the midfield and you look up, you have no confidence. Like, if you look up in Yang's there, I've made this point before, maybe there's just no confidence in a lot of these players to actually do anything. Like you say, always been good. He's been mixed, but he's been good enough recently, lately, He's missing inexcusable chances, so you're just like, you're, as a one of the better players in our team, you're probably tearing your hair out watching this going, what, what am I doing here? I mean, Callum McGregor, under the COVID season, and again, I'm not comparing it, but one thing I did pick out the COVID season was, he was running about all over the place trying to put out fires, trying to help at left back, right back, because he knew that some players had deficiencies and he had to help them out. And I was reminded of that in the Kilmarnock game, the winning goal was scored, in my opinion, because Callum McGregor moves over with Liam Scales, who didn't engage. So Callum McGregor's watching him in real time going, this guy's no tackling, he's no doing anything, and he'd probably get beat anyway, which allowed the Kelly goal scorer to go stand behind him and put the ball away. It wasn't a difficult goal for Kelly to score. We were just all over the place, and I just think there's a lack of confidence in this Celtic team. There's a lack of... Maybe Liam Scales doesn't lack confidence on his own ability, maybe he just doesn't have it. But there's certainly a lack of confidence in this Celtic team to confidence in your teammate, confidence to do the difficult thing, confidence to try things. And we're just not seeing that. And that for me is what's inexcusable. It's the it's Celtic are not trying the things and it's yeah. not coming off. Now, we all praise Hatati to the hilt for trying things, trying things, didn't he work? I was giving Yang credit for trying things earlier on the season, didn't he work? We've just stopped trying things. The Greg Taylor situation... Brendan needs to just suck it up because Greg Taylor was very good under Ange Postacoglu not playing that left back 
winger role, whatever you want to call it, he was brought inside. You need to go back to that because it's the only way Greg Taylor knows how to play the position. Now, I think we're bringing a left back in in January, which tells me that maybe Brendan Rodgers wants to play a certain way and he's he's trying to nurse the team through to January. But we're pissing away our lead in the league here. Oh, so yeah. it's 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 a precarious game we're playing. It is, and it's, it's difficult to watch right now because it is all... It's not even safe when I ask what, what's good about this team, right? We're not passing teams to death, so we're not in control all the time. We're not strong because we get bullied. We're not missing loads of chances because we don't create them. And this team is soft. We've, we've said it. Brendan Rodgers has said it. It is soft. It doesn't take much to get at Celtic. And what, what do we do? Do we move uh, Greg Taylor inside? Right, that's fine. But then you need a winger out wide who can take on men. Palmer's not that ahead of him. So why is our squad like this? There's nobody out there that can do that. We don't have wingers that take on players. And I think a lot of it, look, Celtic aren't playing well, but it's that contrast where you've got Cameron Carter-Vickers, Cal McGregor, Matt O'Reilly, Kyogo to the rest. Mm. The, the stark contrast in players. I mean, if you're looking at it and going, right, what's wrong with Celtic? Mikey Johnson's playing. Mm. And we want him to play because he's probably the best option there. Greg Taylor has had what, one and a half good seasons at Celtic and while he was good we know he can't do anything else we know he can't do anything else yet he's playing if you were sitting here last season and you thought right going into next season Celtic have Greg Taylor still playing because he's the best man they can get Liam Scales will be playing at centre half and Mikey Johnson will be out wide you go there's no way that's happening yet here we are doing that bringing in players who are just inferior to what we've got and not even the players we've brought in the players we've brought back are not mm. good or nowhere near as, as I said good. a few weeks ago guys from 2019 yeah. we're bringing back into the team and expecting it to be different to how it was then see Brendan Rodgers part in this I also said last week what's your part in this right because I feel like all that's been going on with the board and the players and the recruitment has kind of shielded Brendan Rodgers from a bit the of attention. the fully on him now. yeah and we've been making excuses but just as a, a, a bit of a thought experiment here, right? What is the what is the problem with the confidence? Why is this team so bad? Why have all the players regressed so much? Who has improved under Brendan Rodgers, despite it being his reputation that he improves mm. players? No one. Matt O'Reilly is scoring more goals, yeah, but can we necessarily say he's improved vastly as a player? Hard to say. Is Everyone it, else has gone back the way. See if see if Neil Lennon had taken over from Ange Postecoglou and these results were being turned in there'd be absolute uproar just now and people would be questioning the standards the professionalism everything people would be chucking all the toys at the pram and sharks yeah yeah, (laughs) chucking (laughs) sharks at at buses people would be furious if Neil Lennon was turning in these performances there would be no aye but they're no use to Neil Lennon's style of play and all that what is the style of play? Because see, that's, well, that's thing where with the Greg lack Taylor. of confidence comes from. Yeah. Because in so often with underhand, what we saw was a system. The, the players drilled. They knew they had full confidence in the system. They knew if it wasn't work, it eventually would work. But you don't see these players, as Melly said, they're not trying anything. No. Well, the, the thing with Greg Brendan Taylor, Rogers called it basketball. He said the team lacked confidence. It turns into a bit of a basketball match. There's too much side to side. But that's on you, Brendan. Aye. That's you. You're well, the manager. Again, as I say, this Greg Taylor thing, right? I'm not excusing Greg Taylor's performances just now because there was a moment in the Kamarnock game where uh, remember that bit where he just passed it out to the wing yeah. and, and just invited pressure. Under no pressure, he just turned and tried to put it out the pitch and there's a Kamarnock player standing right there. He passed it straight to his feet. I'm not excusing that because that's nothing to do with the system or what position you're playing or what you've been asked to do on the pitch. You don't just pass it to opposition players without looking. So I'm not excusing his performances, but why are we now doing this to Greg Taylor? 
why have we gone from getting the performances out of him last season where he was le- it was leading to so many goals, Greg Taylor's positioning, the positions he was taking up as this inverted fullback. And it's not just drifting inside the pitch, it's coming up in attacking positions. Number and, 10? Yeah, yeah number 10, appearing on the edge of the box, sometimes on the penalty spot, impossible to defend against. After the Celtic game, I watched uh, a bit of Spurs versus Newcastle because I thought, well, something will happen in this game that's mm. not going to make me feel sad. <laughs> so I'll, I'll tune into this, right? And I watched the... Uh, Look the, at what you could have had said yeah, to so, Eddie Howard and yeah, yeah, true, yeah. So I watched the analysis team at halftime and full-time. So it was Dawson and Jamie Redknapp and Kelly Cates, I think mm. it was in there, formerly Kelly Douglas. So there was, they were talking about, they were raving about Udogi's performance, has their left-back uh, and he's not been in great form all season, but his performance in this game was exactly as we described Greg Taylor last season. So appearing in positions where it was impossible to defend against, how do you predict which positions this guy is going to pop up in? All of a sudden, here's my left back on the penalty spot. Whose guy is this? Oh, it's a goal, right? So that happened several times. I remember making that exact point last season about Greg Taylor. Impossible for Scottish teams to defend against us. So we're not doing that anymore. Right, fine. We've got a new system. What is that system? Mm. And why are we changing that? Left, uh, Greg Taylor's been asked to play as a more conventional left back. Why? What What is the benefit to that? Because we're not getting, he's not overlapping. We're not getting wingers coming inside and he's overlapping and getting balls in. That doesn't happen anymore. So what is the plan here, if any? What is the point in bringing Kyogo a little bit further back? Because we saw that at the start of the season to you know, varying degrees of success. He, he was still scoring goals. But we had Kyogo, ironically, given it's the team Ange went to, we had... Kyogo playing almost like Harry Kane who was dropping deep and getting involved in the mm. play and not being that penalty box predator getting in the, uh, near post and flicking it in and appearing behind defenders a near invisible penalty box predator that was his main strength why have we stopped that? what is the plan? because I can accept oh. that there is a, a, a different style at play bringing a new manager in but I need to have seen it before December well, I that- need to see the benefit of playing Greg Taylor like that when he's been so so bad this season and Kyogo is no longer the threat he once was what are we getting out of this? Well, that's that's what I think's happened. That Celtic Brendan Rodgers has turned up and went, here's how I want to play. Cool. First day of his job and he's went to the board. Here are the players I need to do it, right? So they went off to do what they're supposed to do and bring in the players that he wants as well as these club signings that we've had our eye on for ages. So all these players come in and Brendan Rodgers doesn't get the players he wants and Brendan Rodgers has thought to himself, right, what do I need to do? Well, I can't have the players train for this formation, do this for six weeks, for eight weeks, for two months, for three months, and then rip it all up and put it in the bin and say, right, lads, we're playing a different way now. We're going to entirely change what we're doing. So I just need to keep doing what I'm doing and hopefully get the players in in January. And to an extent, if that's what's happening, I can maybe understand that, right? Maybe managers, I don't know off the top of my head how many managers have completely changed their formation mid-season and the way they play and all that sort of stuff. To me, that adds a bit of panic and a bit of confusion because you need total buy-in for the players. Fine. Why are you picking Liam Scales and Nat Phillips, though? Because I guarantee you, Navrotsky and Lagerbjörk aren't better than the, aren't worse than these guys. No, they the, can't the, be. They, they absolutely can't be. There's there's no chance they are. Why were you picking Yang all this time? Why are you picking players that are not doing it? Because there are other players available to you that simply must be better than the ones you've got. Okay, you don't trust Burnaby, but... the. Liam's, the Liam Scales thing is just such a red flag for me now and I know we keep battering Liam Scales and it's, it is particularly him but it's not also him because it's all fallen down at the defence for me it's we're yeah. conceding goals at the defence and there are no springing attacks quick enough and it's and it's such a red flag I'm like Brendan it's like are you just going to work with this to the, the wheels fall off is yeah, that is yeah. that the plan meanwhile you've got 
Well, I didn't think Lager was great, but I didn't think he was that bad. I don't think we conceded a goal while he was in there. I mean, he looked shaky at times, but yeah. is it one rule for one and one rule for another? You know, you need home to get game time, so he builds his confidence, but Lager be okay, he's pulled and he doesn't get game time to build his confidence. Meanwhile, he's sitting watching Liam Scales be crap. It's 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 pretty confusing. I mean, for the first time this season, I, I do think that all eyes are on Brendan now. It's... He came out after the game and he was very subdued and he was talking about players lacking confidence and, you know, players being a bit too cagey and it turning into a basketball match. And, th- and the whole time in his post-match interview, I was just thinking, these are all your fault. Yeah, Everything yeah. you've discussed now is your fault. We've given you the excuses of the players. We've given you the excuses of the transfer window. At the end of the day, though, your job as manager is to work with what you've got, what you've got and you can't just go through the first half of the season putting in crap performances and he knows as well as anyone Melly that being Celtic manager and being top of the league by one point or two points or ten points or eight points that's all very well and good and that's fine but what we want is to see something for this team we want to see, we've seen no new manager bounce we've seen no improvement under Brendan Rodgers what has that was a treble winning team last season battering people left right and centre playing some fantastic football and the only positive from the Celtic team this season is Matt O'Reilly's on their game Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you talk about players regressed, 
I agree with that. Kyogo isn't doing as well, is he? Greg Taylor's not playing as well, but can Joe Hart do any better? No. Is Liam no. Scales going to do any better? No. Is Mikey Johnson going to do any better? No. Is bringing James Forrest on the answer? Because it never was. Is Turnbull the answer? No. All these things that we weren't doing before, we're now doing now and expecting think, different results. I think out of fairness, I want to just say on the Mikey Johnson thing, he's a different case, in my opinion. Mikey Johnson is playing probably strictly through injury. Yeah. Maeda would be first choice there and Abada would be choice there he's not the same as the other people have mentioned who there are viable paid for options on the bench I don't think we'd be seeing Mikey Johnson or even Yang was um, Maeda and Abada fit that, that, I just thought, put that in the record because people will be picking up us on it rightly so yeah and look Maeda and Abada come with a faults as well don't they I mm. think uh, coming towards the end of last season I say look we need another winger because mm. Jota's fine but on the other side we need somebody with a bit of quality because when he's not playing there's nobody taking on not addressed that at all we've brought in Palma who's a completely different player doesn't take players on and then we've brought in Yang who looks terrible and Tilio who just gets bombed out every time he plays he's He's tiny, he doesn't look like he's got it and does he honestly look like he's ever going to make it as Celtic? No. I'm starting to look at home now. Is he ever going to make it? Bernardo would be as well sending him home. We've just wasted so much time but looking at the players on the pitch, do better. I don't mm. care if you don't agree with what the manager's doing or whatever but the fact is you're paid for to play for Celtic and so many of them are passing the buck. They're taking the easy option, passing it inside, passing it to the side Nobody's trying to make runs. Nobody's trying to break through it. The amount of times it's Greg Taylor, Scales, uh, Phillips, and then back across the freedom. Alistair Johnson's the only one out the back five, including Joe Hart, I can give pass marks to recently. One out of five players. The rest of them aren't making things happen. And that's why they made it so easy for Kilmarnock to play because they know how it's going to go. So Kilmarnock just left left it all and let it go over the left-hand side because Celtic won't get out that way because the two players over that side, the centre-half and the left-back, won't do anything. Once it goes back to Joe Hart, close down the right-hand side because then he's always doing his chipping balls over to Greg terrified Taylor. terrified Armstrong as well. Armstrong gave them an absolutely yeah. torrid time yeah. on that side so that the, 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 a lot of them looked spooked as soon as he got the ball. He was, he was cut, did you see that chance where he came in and shot from the right-hand side on his left foot? It was like, it's as if we were playing against Messi. Just yeah. dropping shoulders and, and players are just jumping Jumping out the way of him, embarrassing stuff. And if that Armstrong's a good player. I don't want to yeah. be like patronising and say he's like some sort of dud. He's a good player, but we were treating him with a, an awful lot of respect <clears> out there, and he was getting an awful lot of joy or defence. Look, I know people really like this Liam Scales story, right? And I can feel him we getting hammered a, him in this podcast. Aye, and I, I think I can feel him getting a bit Johnny Hazified mm. out there because anytime you criticise Liam Scales, it's no, he doesn't deserve it. He's he's been one of the best players of the season. Look, I know we all love like an underdog story. He's come from nowhere. He's the type of guy we love to get behind, but we need to get real about this now. He's he's done fine, but we need to improve. In I think this. I, I, the reason I think we, you know, Nat Phillips is, needs to go back in January. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, he, he needs to go back in January. Liam Scales is a Celtic player, but now he's starting to look every inch the Aberdeen player. And I think the beginnings and ends of all our problems are the defence. I think the wingers are an interesting thing of those well because. I think it's clear that when Brendan brought that change about the tactical change, he wanted Kyogo to drop deep and then he wanted two wide strikers. In fact, I think he's even called them wide strikers. I think that's what he was was looking to achieve with Palma and then maybe Maeda or Abada. And I think what's happened to me and what's spooked me a bit about Brendan Rodgers is see when the, the selection changes, he doesn't adapt. There seems to be very little ad adaptation. So Brendan Rodgers 
he, he, Kyogo stopped firing probably because he couldn't get the ball we couldn't get the players around him so he takes out Kyogo and puts in oh but that to me is not the answer because Kyogo's the better player Kyogo's the yeah. more lethal finisher yeah. and so it's you not need as if Kyogo's missing chances galore we're simply not creating them exactly so you, you don't adapt by going well the system's absolutely correct so it must be the player's fault no I'm beginning to think Brendan I think it might be the problem here might be your system Yeah. if, you, if you've got a lethal striker like Kyogo who's scored 60-odd goals over the past two seasons, and then all of a sudden he stops scoring goals and you can't supply him the chances. It's not that, oh, this guy, this guy's, uh, he's not got it anymore. Kyogo's definitely still got it. He was, but what's happened is the system has stopped providing chances for Kyogo, so you need to adapt. Yeah, I think, when I look about Celtic squad and you think, right, what can we do? Right, what we cannot do is go 3-5-2 because we quite simply do not have wing-backs, right? We cannot sort of, I'm looking at it going, right, if you want two wide forwards, say it's Palma and Abada, that's absolutely fine. And Kyogo in there, sort of like Manny, Firmino and Salah at Liverpool. Brilliant. What do Liverpool have? Marauding fullbacks. What does Celtic not have? Marauding yeah. fullbacks. So, all right, our fullbacks need to sit in. Then they need to be tight, sit back. Right, what do you need then? Wingers that can get from the, the touchline to the byline and cross it. We don't have that. Our squad is all over the place. I'm tired of talking about it. What do we do then? Do we go 4-2-3-1? David Tumble's not good enough to start and play a full season for Celtic, so we don't have a number 10 in there. So we're in between about three different formations here where I don't see what else we do. We just have to get through this right now. We need Maeda and Abada back. Is that going to make a huge difference to back, us? Can you ban them from passing backwards? Is that a thing? Can you simp- <laughs> as a, I suppose you could, but as a so football manager... Again, if, if Brendan wants to play like basketball or, or wants to reference basketball, once we cross the halfway line, you kind of go Honestly, back over you're it. You're not yeah. allowed to... You're yeah. d- stop passing it back. Everything, <sighs> Every pass needs to be with intent. You need to play it forward. One thing I think we're desperately missing is a midfielder that can step up and break the lines and, and pass the ball. Remember Ayer used to do that? Remember yeah, the, the, a midfielder the, or a defender? A defender, sorry, a, a centre-back that can step in and, and play. But I don't believe for a minute that Navrotsky can't pass a football. I don't no, well, that was fairly evident when he played. Aye. I know it wasn't perfect, but we, it was such a small sample size. He looked good. He, he looked comfortable. Because he would get injured. Yeah, he, he, get comfortable. he looked comfortable passing it with both feet. And now he's just nowhere to be seen. Because I, he's in love, because Brendan's in love with Liam Scales, because he's doing the striking thing of being a right yeah. good teammate. But you're rewarding this to the detriment of the squad. You're rewarding us to the detriment of the team. And maybe that's another thing that plays into players' minds. What does that tell the group? If you're if you're Navrotsky and you're like, they phoned me up in the summer and they were chasing me or summer and they paid four and a half million quid for me. I come, I play well, this boy comes in, takes my place, fair enough, he does okay, but he's crap now. Well, yeah, I'm still yeah. bombed out. It's I just I don't I just think there's something no right about the way Brendan's picking and setting up his team. Yeah, look, I, I'm fully on board with like Brendan Rogers isn't doing well enough here, but Again, I'm going back to it. There's no heart in this team. There's no heart in yeah. this team. That there- comes from the manager. Well, yeah, but also, like, but I'm a big fan of Roy Keane. And what he talks about is like, when he talks about Alex Ferguson, he's like, I don't want him praising me because I go out and play for me and my teammates. I don't, why, why should it be a manager that has to, you're playing for Celtic. It's probably as good as it's going to get for a lot of these players. Yet you've got guys pulling out of challenges, not wanting to do the dirty work. 
not willing to be brave on the ball. That is the bare minimum. This is as good as he's going to get for Brendan Rodgers because if he makes an arse of this, he's never getting a job in the Premier no, League again. No, no chance. Where's where's the energy in this team as well? Where's the drive? And I know that's it's Matt O'Reilly and yeah, uh, McGregor. That's I, it. And I know what I'm saying here is a bit Roy Keane, a bit Graham Soonis on Sky. Where's the, you know? It's you want somebody the, to get and give them one uh, it's right stuff, off the ball? It's not so much that, but look, under Ange, and I don't. I don't think that it was perfect under Ange. I'm not doing that's just misty eyed rubbish to say that everything was rosy and everything was perfect for two seasons there. There were dips off, but the whole idea of Ange, the whole the whole premise of that of the you know, the, the title races such as they were in those seasons was that we absolutely overwhelmed teams, blew them away, and then got tired after maybe sixty or seventy minutes, changed the whole midfield and then just sort of settle in, bring on an Aaron Moy and get get a control. We absolutely blow teams away. Does it always work? No, it doesn't. Of course it doesn't. That's not how management, that's not how football works. But it was a good idea to get these teams. But there was some shocking run. performances from Andrew's oh, team yeah. towards the end. Remember I remember yeah. us sitting on podcasts going, I was shocked that a Celtic team could turn in a performance that low. That's a, that's absolutely fine. But that's because the recruitment started getting bad as well. We, we, the squad wasn't quite as strong. But or was it a case of the manager they all knew the manager was going they weren't that engaged the, the league was won you know but how many games did Celtic win in a row to get that treble one last season was it 15 or 16 aye, this, this is the point I'm making see when there's something to play for and the manager's on it and everyone's yeah. engaged and everyone's bought in this Celtic team can play but see the minute you take your eye off the ball the Celtic manager they, they, they can turn in performances the likes of which we've seen under range the likes of which we're seeing now as soon as you don't pay full attention as soon as it's not well maybe that's unfair Brendan Rodgers obviously working hard and paying attention but the point I'm making is it's in the locker for the, the, these Celtic teams just because they've got the Celtic jersey on doesn't mean that they're they're immune from terrible performances we saw it under Ange we're seeing it now under Brendan but what Ange managed to do was find a way to make some excellent performances and we're not really seeing that under Brendan yeah. like if you could point to one performance this season don't give me the Champions League because it's easy to get yourself up it is easy to get yourself up for Champions League games playing against Atletico Madrid and Lazio and all that that's the easy part but if you can point me to one league performance even we beat Rangers I didn't think we were that great no. Again, I want to be clear here before we move on. I, I'm not saying that what Ange did was perfect and what Brendan Rodgers no. is doing is wrong. That what I'm saying is that I could see what the idea was under mm. Ange. I could see what the objective was, how we get these games won is we stick to our football, we stick to our principles and we get the games won. Performances will lead to results, not the other way around. I can't see that with this team. And I don't know, I don't really know why that is. We're being patient, we're being controlled and all that. But we're just... We're, but see, no... sometimes... I, I was on this podcast all day, a couple of weeks ago saying... Look, we're not great, but this is the games. Look, we're in control of these games, right? But I think maybe that was just me make myself feel better for the fact that Celtic were boring. Yeah, yeah, right? because a, we are boring. A coping mechanism because uh, we are boring. And as I said, that that run Celtic went on last season. I know that people thought the performances dipped off a bit towards the end, but that was just due to the standards that had been met throughout the previous eighteen months or so. Celtic won something like. 15 or 16 games in a row last season mm. to, to win the treble and then basically the kind of down tools after the league was won lost a couple of silly games that's unthinkable now going on a winning streak like that is completely unthinkable this season because they kind of win three games in a row never mind 15 or 16 <laughs> like that's think the idea that we're going to sign all this quality in January which I have serious doubts about I'd anyway settle for, I'd settle for three players over six foot because one thing that's really really doing my nut in is the more I'm starting to catch bits and bobs of English football I'm watching the Premier League and I've made this point before either on this podcast or the other ones professional footballers now are physical monsters yeah. in every regard in every position and they're good on the ball I know people like that are hard to come by but we've got a team of absolute midgets here yeah. that get bullied in games 
domestically. The last time I saw a team that small, they were pulling Augustus Gloop out of a river of chocolate. <laughs> That's how bad it is. <laughs> we really need to bring in... Don't sign a single player under six foot in, Jan in in the January window. I don't care what position it is. Yeah, and, and that's not to say that we want just absolute cloggers for the sake of them being big. I'm just saying like, it has the, the recruitment still has to be smart within those parameters, mm. but just change the change the parameters of the search a little bit. Uh, to and find come that. on, Celtic are not signing the creme de la creme. You know, the bucket of players that which Celtic sign from, it's not like Pep's going... I need a very particular player that's this, that, and that, and then we'll, we'll, we'll gaffer. There's only three of those in the world. Well, I've got all the money in the world. Go buy one. Yeah. Celtic are fishing out of a massive, massive pool. Celtic have probably got a list there with five names on it. And getting tadpoles. Aye, <laughs> if, if three of them are under six foot, just make it a list of two and pick between the two monsters. It's the one thing he asked for, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. One thing he mm. said was power, and we were like, oh, maybe Bernardo. No, it's not that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, I don't, but, I, that's a mystery now. Well, I, I don't want to get too uh, baby out the bathwater as we like saying <laughs> here because take a drink everyone well this uh, isn't baby out the bathwater we're being very specific here we're pointing to what we think's wrong with the Celtic team yeah. albeit in a sort of slightly manic way because we've all been holding these thoughts in since we got in front of the microphones and we're very firmly now for the first time this season focusing on Brendan Rodgers and going this is your problem we fix we've, we've, we, the players have got it and the players that are not playing have got it, and the players that are playing have got it, and people like Mikey Johnson's copped it, and guys that can't even get in the squad have copped it. We've, we've done all that. In fact, we've been very fair to Brendan Rodgers in the European games. We've said, look, we can see what the manager's trying to do in these European games, but the players don't have the confidence to do it. Well, now that lack of confidence has carried on. And at domestic games, we can't even beat Kilmarnock, and we're dropping points left, right and centre, and we can't string three wins together. Sorry, when it comes to December, when it's mid-December, when it's nearly my birthday... Yeah, <laughs> that's the longest you've ever went with um, It's the manager's fault. It's it's on the manager. Yeah, look, I, I don't uh, disagree that it's it's not good, and the manager has to carry the can at some point. But I think when managers come into Celtic, this is kind of what happens most of the time. If we want to look back at last season, that's fine. But that was Ange Postecoglou having three or four transfer windows, wasn't it? If we look back to his start to the season and I mean from the start of the season to January whether it be him whether it be Neil Lennon before him things don't settle down because a lot of the time you've got qualifiers then you've got Champions League or you've got Europa League games your squad doesn't settle down until you're really out of Europe and we move into January we still need to do that we have had players injured injuries have been bad for us this season and it's not the amount of injuries, it's the key injuries to guys that we simply cannot replace. Celtic's first 11 is decent. Take MD out of that and it starts so to give fall me a, who, So give me a name. What do you mean? Give me a name. Who, who's, if you could have one player back from injury right now, who, who would you want? Maeda probably. Do you but, think Maeda's been great this season, be honest? Before he get injured? He's been decent, but again, that's I don't see him being scared to be given the ball. I don't mm. see him... He sets it from the, the off. Him and Kyogo press, press, press. Who's doing that right now? Palmer is one of the laziest players I've seen at Celtic. He tries to turn around and blame everybody else. And like the I mentioned it, Matt O'Reilly and McGregor were shouting at him in one of the games recently. That that was your pass. Mm. And I've seen it a lot with O'Reilly, who last season I didn't see him open his mouth too much. He's moaning at players. And see, rightly so, that, so. so that sort of backs up one of my theories that no wonders there's no confidence in the team because Matt O'Reilly and McGregor are like, this fucking guy. And and then they'll be looking at the back going, this fucking guy? Like the good players in the squad Aye. are looking at the crap ones going, 
how are we supposed to work with this? And that's it. It's, it's not even the, the lack of quality that's annoying me right now because it's really annoying me. It's the lack of effort and bravery and working hard. That That's the bare minimum. But what I was saying is, look, things will hopefully settle down once we get a couple of players back. But Celtic have to go out and be proactive for this straight away. It's glaring what is wrong with Celtic. It was glaring in the summer. You blew it. Brendan Rodgers, this team need to bring this together and see if the guys aren't good enough and aren't going to play. Ship them out. It doesn't matter how or take them away from this and get players in that do because it's not just Brendan Rodgers that's going to suffer here. It's this team and ultimately we're suffering right now. It's crap to watch. It's boring and we're running out of excuses because who's next after Brendan Rodgers? Because we've been over the board, we've been over the players been over Brendan Rodgers what do we just go round in circles here it's a whole the holy trinity is fucked I'm just going to pause this little bit of heated debate just to let you know that it's Christmas time and we are very happy to support the What's Your Battery At campaign by Men Matter Scotland and to tell you more about that here's a video message from our very own Martin Melly and if you'd like to donate the link is in the programme notes Here at Men Matter Scotland we aim to prevent suicide and have people having conversations about their mental health. So to do that, we're launching our What's Your Battery At campaign. How often do we ask or get asked, how are you doing or how are you feeling? But we never really answer it properly. So at Men Matter Scotland here, we ask people a second question. We want you to ask, what's your battery at? What's your mental health battery as a percentage? This allows us to gauge how people are feeling and to check how people are feeling themselves. We're asking you to get involved in a couple of ways. Firstly, help people have open and honest conversations about their mental health by asking them, what's your battery at? Or you can donate to a winter appeal where we aim to raise £25,000 to continue to support the men who come to our service. Remember, ask your friends, ask your family, ask your colleagues, and just as importantly, ask yourselves, what's your battery at? Absolutely terrific presenting skills from Mark Melly. Not the, the best, Sec- second best yeah, presenting yeah. skills in the podcast, I think, there, but you did a good job. You need some tips? You've got my number, mate, anytime you want it. Uh, Christmas is a time for giving, Stephen. Yes. And if you were on the Celtic board and you were in a giving mood for Brendan <laughs> Rogers, um, and you're not allowed to give him his P45 because it's far too early and it would cost us far too much money, yeah, yeah. Um, you're going to give Brendan some players for Christmas. What are the, the key areas you think we need to address in the January window? Uh, a must is left back. Uh, we are in urgent need of a striker now as well because of the, the Asia Cup uh, which is imminent as yes. well so it's going to probably remove all three of our options at centre forward terrific stuff potentially <laughs> as well yeah. so we urgently need one of those and a goalkeeper I don't know if a goalkeeper is going to get done in January no. I would strongly doubt that I think we just need to sort of plod on to the end of the season with Joe Hart hoping that nothing disastrous happens let's every day I know it's Christmas not Let's relax on the contracts, though. I think we've had our fun with the yeah, contracts. Easy, See, big fella. David Turnbull's new contract, Liam Scale's new contract, Joe Hart's new contract. Nope. Relax, guys. I think, well, Brendan Rodgers has relaxed on Turnbull's contract. They spoke about it, I think, last week or the week before. He says he's not going to lose any sleep over it if right, David okay. Turnbull doesn't sign a new contract, which, you know, if you're David Turnbull, <laughs> probably means you're not going to be racing to the biro no. to get that one signed. <laughs> it doesn't seem like David Turnbull's particularly interested either. And why would you? I mean, he's, he needs to play at some point. Mm. But just everybody pause, everybody ease yeah. up on the on the contracts, right? We've, we've done loads of that recently, and some of them are looking preposterous, quite honestly. Some of the contracts that are getting handed out at Celtic these days. So relax on that. We we need four players minimum. Now that's 
pie in the sky stuff as far as I'm concerned that's yep. not going to happen but that's as a minimum we need four players in in January just to break four even here. starters no, Aye, no yeah. combat aged males <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes combat aged males look this is just to, to maintain to steady the ship we right. need these players in because that's what we needed all along and that's what we didn't get so, that's what Brendan Rogers said yeah. before we, we lost them there but again it's a word we use quite a lot is it? that's unacceptable yeah. to think that a recruitment team cannot cannot find four players that are available within a budget and better than Joe Hart Greg Taylor Mikey Johnson and O and over six foot yeah yeah, don't forget that. You bit. can find that in football manager. Just fill <laughs> yeah. it. There's the technology to do that now. Um, we've teamed up with Alex Barker, Euro expert uh, from the Athletic, and he is a way out on a scouting mission to find us some key positions. And we're recording podcasts with Melly. What we're going to do is we're going to identify the areas and come up with four, five selection options for Celtic and talk about the players. And obviously, when Celtic do sign someone, we're going to have those guys professionally scouted as well. All of that on Patreon.com. Slash 20 minute Tim's link in bio melee. Champions League next, lads. Oh, oh you never. Hey, no, listen. <laughs> I want to say my bit about the, tra- the transfer window. You never let me say my bit about the transfer window. Definitely a left back over six foot monster, please. Um, I, I think we probably, and this is preposterous, right? But I think we probably need another right winger. To go yeah, we do. <laughs> How many of those can we possibly offer we'll to carry? Get, we've got so many. Um, Apparently none of the central midfielders are fancied, so we could probably use another one. Those even <laughs> the most crowded area of the pitch. Signed three of them in the summer. Yeah, and uh, we definitely need a striker. We definitely. I, I think. Can, can I can I throw you in a wee centre back? As well? <laughs> probably probably a centre back. Eight of those. You know, you know, this is getting like. Remember when you were a wee guy and you used to just circle things in the Argos catalogue <laughs> yeah. for your Christmas and add it to your monitor. It was like half the catalogue was. You'd throw it back at you. This, so this Celtic Christmas list is getting like. You've got uh, a load of stuff in. There, you don't use yeah. <laughs> that's all going in the bin. <laughs> so, and, and, and I think we need a striker because I think Celtic should always have two competing strikers, two strikers that can come in and come out. We had that with Yakimakis, fine, he wanted to go, he wanted to play football, that's okay. But the, the step down from Kyogo to O for me is just too much, uh, and it'd be good if Kyogo could we get some new batteries for Kyogo, yeah. that would be good for Christmas. Hey, Stephen, I Champions League. <laughs> 46 quid Can't wait 46 quid for a meaningless pointless game uh, against Feyenoord I mean I'm, I mean the club don't why why should we waste podcasting time <laughs> and energy talking about games yeah. and taking it seriously that the club don't even give a shit about no I know and it's like see if it wasn't for Kilmarnock see if it wasn't for that game we would have maybe come into this podcast thinking Joe this is a good opportunity to get the monkey off the back get a positive mm. result in Europe we don't need to hear about that winless run of potentially 16 games now haven't won at home for 10 years but I don't care about any of that now I just want it over and done with because I said a few weeks ago before the I think it was after the Atletico hammering Mm. that I think right even if we do win a game now we still had Lazio in, in final to go even if we do win a game now, what does it actually prove? Progress. Ab- absolutely progress nothing. making better points. Yeah, better progress, points than last season. Is, yeah. So, <laughs> so it's a dead rubber for both teams. So every, see if Celtic win. See if Celtic beat Feyenoord, right? That means that we've got more points than we did last year. Double the points. Double the points yeah. that we got last year in a harder tournament, which means we're actually better than last year, which means everything we've spoken about and moaned about <laughs> is irrelevant. Well, yeah, well, I'd probably argue that last season was, was harder than, than yes, this right now. Definitely. But, yeah, <laughs> double the points. 
facts. Absolute <laughs> yeah, facts. We have progressed. We have made our mark in Europe. We have won the first game in 10 years or won the first home game Absolutely in 10 years. Pathetic. But yeah, I just want out the way now. It's, it, it, that's sad, to be honest. I, I, I know we're joking about it, being quite flippant about it, but it's a, it's a sad state of affairs that we've got to this. A, a tournament that we were so excited about going into it. Brilliant. We get, gather for the draw mm. and live react to it and all that. Get five games in and we can't be bored with a six one. We've all paid for our, our, um, our passes and all that. All paid for our packages. And, you know, who could be even be bothered going? Attendance wasn't great against Hibs, but that's to be expected. It's freezing cold in the middle mm. of December and all that. So who knows who's going to turn up for this? I know people will probably feel obliged because they've already paid for it, but I wouldn't be in the least bit surprised if you just took it off, to be honest. I mean, you're, it's it's so it's so needless. I mean, you're, you want to go and you want to support the team and all that, but you just feel like you're getting nothing back. And yeah. that's... that's no, I mean, we'll be there, obviously, and yeah. we'll do the, the, the match at the match podcast if you want <laughs> if you want to listen to that one. After. I mean, you never know. It might be, an, oh, it might be an absolute mauling for, for Celtic here. Um, they might batter fire, not who knows. But They might send out a reserve team because they've got nothing to play for as well. Why would they bother sending you know what? Why would they take it seriously? Honestly, I'd see if we do win this game, right? If we do win it. One thing I don't want ever thrown at me is who does over? We won a we won a game in the yeah the last the whole thing yeah. Right, we won we won a game in the Champions League. The hoodoo's over. It's now only zero days since our last build. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a tough one to get up for isn't it it's the Champions League and this is how we're treating it. It's a game we could really do without. And I look at it going, do you know what? Just play the reserves. That's what we're basically yes, doing now. Right. And those guys that played on Saturday, I would punish them by playing them again make them play again and make them play better it's unbelievable how poor Rub that their looks nose in, make yeah. them smoke all the cigarettes in the packet <laughs> yeah, go and play against lesson. better players and see <laughs> how you do but at the same time I'm like what are we going to learn from that Phillips playing the only thing that possibly him playing could do is mean Carter Vickers will be ready for the weekend hopefully because if there's any risk in him I don't think that it's worth taking we need to see some changes we need to see some improvement and look as sad as it is to say, up the work rate and don't get pumped. That, that's all I want. And that that feels like the COVID season. Let's see if they live up to those incredibly low standards, that incredibly low bar that you've set for them. Let's see if they walk right up to it and just trip over it. Get the finger out, Brendan. I thought we'd end on a, oh, a fun little quiz. Oh, you ruined um, it. Right, okay, go yeah. for it. I thought we'd end on a fun little quiz. Okay. Just, just, just fun. to sort of yeah, just to sort of break up the break up the moaning a little bit. <laughs> right. now, we we find ourselves in mid December 2023, almost 2024 now. Um, Merry Christmas, everyone! <laughs> wow. <right. laughs> so we find ourselves at this time of year, quite a long time since this person has scored a goal for Celtic. Okay. But we find ourselves in December 2023, picking Mikey Johnston to get his results in in crucial league games now in a, in the midst of some bad form. Thought we'd play a little quiz in some. World events that have happened before or after Mikey Johnston's last goal for okay. Celtic. So I'm going right. to give you a series of events. When was his last twenty? Not telling you. Oh, not telling you. That's, that's, that's the part quiz. Of it. Yep, that's uh. part of it. So you need to guess if these massive events have happened before or after right. Mikey right. Johnston, current Celtic footballer, current <laughs> Celtic starter, his last goal. Right. So an easy one to kick us off, right? So shout out your answer and do shout out mine. Yeah. The UK's first recorded case of COVID-19. Was that before or after? After. after. It was after. It was 30th of January 2020. So you know how three years or two and a half years of lockdown, eat out to help out, doing that one-way system in yep. supermarkets. Yeah. No that, music and bars. Yeah, you had to wear a mask unless you were dancing or going to the toilet. Mm -hmm. All of that came and went since Mikey Johnson's last oh. goal for Celtic. Okay. Hollywood icon of the 90s, 1940s sorry, and 1950s, Kirk Douglas died. Was that before Must or have been after? before. 
after? It was after the 103-year-old actor died in January 2020, just after Mikey Johnson's last goal for Celtic. <laughs> Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker is released. That is was that- definitely after. After it oh, was, yes. it was about three weeks after <laughs> Mikey Johnson's last goal for Celtic. Two more. Right. Oh. President Donald Trump is impeached for the first time over soliciting foreign interference into the US presidential election. So remember all that stuff with Russia and oh, Putin yeah, and all that. Was that before or after Mikey Johnson's last goal for Celtic? Before, after, it? it was after he was impeached on the 18th of December 2019. <laughs> and that's more recent than Mikey Johnson's <laughs> last goal for Celtic. And finally, Greg Taylor signs for Celtic. That must have been that must have been before. So Greg Taylor goes on to make 150 appearances, wins three leagues and a treble. Was that before or after? That's that surely before Mikey Bef- Johnson. I signed that season, did he? It's before oh. by about 10 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so 150 appearances for Greg Taylor later. That's all happened since Mikey uh, Johnson's so, last goal. So by that reckoning, Greg Taylor in that time has scored more goals for Celtic than Mikey oh, Johnson. Oh, yes. yes. Significantly more, yes. Unbelievable. And on that <laughs> bombshell, we shall wrap up. Thank you so much for watching and listening, and we'll see you next week. 